Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. almost feel like I owe an explanation to those of you who are here for the first time. (laughs) But if that's your experience, I hope you're enjoying it. Because we are, and we welcome you into it. When we get into the Lord's presence, that's about all we care about. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Well, the message in the first service, I only got halfway through it. So I guess I'm going to be speaking next Sunday, too. Try to do the other half. And uh, I want to start it like this. I was going to lunch recently to one of those restaurants that you wait in line to order. You go to the counter to order. And so as I I got to the door at the same time as another couple. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, I have to laugh at this, to say it this way, but being the man of God that I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me, but <laughs> I opened the door and let them go first. And as they got in, we got inside, and they, you know, they realized that now I had let them go in front of me in this long line, you know, to wait to order. And so they asked, "Would you like to? Would you like to be in front of us?" No, I said, "That's fine." I'm, uh, you know, I have my next appointment's in, in two hours. I'm just going to have a nice lunch and have some alone time here, and it'll be fine. And we got it, it, no sooner than I started saying that, and then this guy asked me, what do you do? Which is not the first question I really wanted to come. I mean, he's blowing my cover here. I was going to be under the radar a little bit. You know, well, I'm a pastor. And so the moment I said I'm a pastor, the lady that works with him, I don't know if it was a co-worker or a friend or whatever, but, but she went like this. You know how you have a normal distance between people when you talk? She just increased it about twice or threefold. Just, and I went, okay. And then he gave me this icy stare. Okay. I could tell this was going to be fun. You know, and uh, I tried to think what I was going to talk about, and I realized that uh, where their mindset was right away, being so cold toward me that they obviously had issues with pastors and churches. And I got to thinking about the times I've met people, and they're cold they're distant. You know, they just kind of step back. And, you know, there's not this warm 
warm sense of of exchange. You, you, you know, you can feel the distance and the coolness. Any, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. How does it make you feel? Huh? Can you get in touch with that? <laughs> I'm sorry to be so touchy feely right now, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, we. <laughs> It's uncomfortable. It's unpleasant, is it not? So I got to thinking about, well, what's behind that when people give you that look or when people are cold and step back? What is it? So help me out. Help me out. What are some of the, what are some of the reasons that people are like that? Wounded. Fear. Judgmental. They must, they must be Christians, huh? Or religious. What else? Offense. That's a big one. Offense. Scared. Wounded. We've got that. Condemnation. That's what they do. Anger. Shame. Disappointment. Bad information. See, judgment is coming to a conclusion without sufficient information. Because you don't know. I mean, they didn't know. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I'm religious or judgmental. How, how would they not know I'm just the kindest, nicest guy you could ever meet? I mean, just ask my wife. I mean, <laughs> some of the other... Pride will cause people to be distant. How about self-righteous? Self-righteous, I'm better. How about, you know, offenses, we listed bitterness. Maybe they've never been loved. Maybe they're just projecting what they feel, unloved. So, so uh, an orphan, an orphan, one with an orphan spirit will distance themselves and you know you can't give away what you don't have if you don't feel loved you can't love so when when they're not loving towards you or kind toward you they don't they're not in touch with God's heart uh, the other thing I put down is you might represent or remind them of someone they haven't forgiven so We've already talked about how that makes you feel. I just kind of wanted you to get in touch with that, you know, the, the coldness that goes with people who don't approve you. They're letting you know they do not approve of you or what you stand for. Jesus dealt with that. He dealt with that with the Jews. Uh, one day, the uh, Pharisees and the scribes, we're seeking a way to kill him. So in John 5, 41, 42, and I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. And, and this is what Jesus said to them. Your approval or disapproval means nothing to me. Now, that's pretty interesting because if you're alive on the face of the earth today, we, I could tell you that, that every one of us in this room, we have issues about people's approval or disapproval. We're really concerned about whether what people think of us, whether they approve of us or not. 
That would be called the fear of man. But there's something greater the Scripture teaches us to possess, which will overcome the fear of man, and that's the fear of the Lord. And that's what does he think. And so Jesus is addressing this issue. He's saying, it doesn't matter to me what you think of me. He said, And he says, why? Because I know you don't have God's love within you. That's the reason. When God's love is not in a person who is cold toward you and distant toward you, unforgiving toward you, or bitter toward you, they lack what? The love of the Father. Now, without that understanding, you could be tempted in the natural. If somebody's distant or cold toward you, I wish I could say I've never done this, but I have done this. It's like, okay, if that's the way you want to be, see you later, bye. Right? You distance yourself. But when, but when you come into Christ and you experience the love of God yourself, you'll be able to stand with somebody who's disapproving of you. You'll be able to move in the opposite spirit and move in a spirit of love. You'll be able to do it. As I told you, I, I've found myself in the past just like, forget it. That's the way you want to be. Now, <laughs> now it's fun. It's just kind of fun to, you know, somebody who's being disapproving toward me and kind of distant and cold is, I just like to get happy. I like to talk to him about the Lord and get happy, you know, and, 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 and touch him. Yeah, you know, and if I can't, I'll hug him. We're going to melt that heart of stone. That's what we're called to do. Every one of us in Christ, we're called to do that. We're called to move in the opposite spirit. You know, we're to respond as you. So, how did Jesus? How did Jesus move with all the in the face of all this disapproval? Because if you've read the Scripture at all, you know he lived with disapproval. Did he live with disapproval to the point they killed him? How did he do that? How did he move like that in the opposite spirit? Where did that capacity to move opposite come from? Well, I'm going to suggest to you, I'm going to get into something. Remember the first of the year, I felt the Lord released a word telling us that there's going to be mysteries revealed this year. I believe I have a mystery for you right now revealed. And what I'm going to share with you that will release something to all of us that we could move like Jesus moved. We could be empowered like Jesus was empowered. I'm going to suggest to you, even though I don't believe that the theologians would teach this, but I'm going to suggest to you that all these years of walking with the Lord, I've come to the conclusion there is more than one baptism. We're used to the water baptism. And when I became a charismatic, did I say that? There were times I'm not, that was dangerous to say that. But <laughs> but when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I realized that there was two baptisms. There's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now we realize there's three baptisms. And, and there's a, an order to those baptisms. 
And I'd suggest to you that because we don't realize there's three baptisms and we haven't moved in those things in the proper order of those baptisms, it's left us as orphans. It's left us wrestling with feeling God's love and knowing God's love and, and by faith moving into God's love so we can give it away. So we can move in, in the face of disapproval. So let's look at this. Uh, Three baptisms, Matthew 3, 13 through 17. We're going to look at the life of Jesus, and it's illustrated right here in the life of Jesus, what I'm talking about. It says in verse 13, Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answering said to them, Permit it at this time. For in this way, it is fitting for us to fulfill all, what? Righteousness. That is the first baptism. That is a baptism where you, by faith, come into, the, you come into this awareness that Jesus has paid the price for all your wrongdoing, for all your sin. And he... He died for your sin, and he rose from the grave that you might have newness of life. And you believe that, and when you believe that, it says in the Scripture, what, when we believe that, it's counted to us as righteousness, meaning we're in right standing with God. We're justified before God. All of God's wrath and disapproval has been removed from us. Oh, does, does it mean we don't sin? No, but when we, when we fail, when we sin, God looks upon us and does not see us as sin anymore because we're in Christ Jesus. We're, we're in Him. And when we're, when we're tucked in Him, when we're hidden in Him, you can't see the sin. That's the gospel message, by the way. That's, the, that's what got most of you in this room. The, the problem, though, as I look back on the years I grew up in the church, is we didn't really explain what it meant to be righteous. We, we, we continued to think, well, well I, hope, I hope I get my last sin confessed just before I die and go to heaven, so I'll be saved. And some people actually believe that, that you could, you could sin and then you're going to hell because you didn't get it confessed in time before you died, you know. Sorry, you went in a car accident and didn't get to confess it. Well, I don't believe that's true because I believe that when you're in Christ, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And by the way, just as a side note, which I'm going to get into this next week. I, I was thinking I'd get into it this week. Couldn't get there. So, but, but when you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, your identity shifts and you don't have the desire to sin. You don't have the... It, it goes away. The stuff that we do in order to feel loved and be loved and to feel comforted and to be comforted, all that stuff gets replaced with the comforter himself, with the lover of my soul himself. So right, let's look at righteousness just for a moment. A couple verses. 
I'm, I'm, I'm just not doing justice to this at all, but I'll try to give it into it a little bit more next week. So I'm kind of hydroplaning this, but I'm just praying that the seed will be sown and next week we can look at this a little bit more. This is going to unfold. This is going to, you're going to wrestle with this. Some of you are going to wrestle with this for a while, but that's good because when you get done, the Lord's going to have one. Romans 5.17 says, For by, if by the transgression of one, death reigned through one, that's Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in this life through the one, Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, by faith in Jesus Christ, we are to reign in this life, and it, we do that through the abundance of grace that's given to us as a divine empowerment and the gift, say gift, gift of righteousness. That means you cannot earn it. Can't work for it and earn it. That's why you can try under the law to, to be keep all the things, you know, do all the stuff that you're supposed to do. But if you fail at any one point, you're lost. You're condemned. You, the law will not save you. The law only shows you how impossible it is to be saved and to be perfect and points you to the fact that you need a Savior and you need Jesus to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. So, so one, one more thing now about the importance of righteousness. In Isaiah 54, 14, it says, In righteousness you will be established. What, what establishes you? Righteousness. You will be far from what? Oppression, for you will not what? Fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear involves punishment. I'm afraid I'll, I've done wrong. I'll be punished. You'll be far from fear and from terror, for it will not come near you. What will keep you from fear and terror? What, what will keep you from that? Being established in righteousness. You're no longer trying to earn it yourself. That's self-righteousness. And I have been raised in the church all my life. And I was telling somebody just this week that... I'm having to come to grips with the religious mindset that I grew up in and how harmful and how difficult it is to overcome. For that mindset is you must act perfect and don't ever let anybody know any of your failures because you'll be ashamed. You have guilt and shame. We'll talk about this next week. But Jesus, Jesus died to take care of all of that stuff to establish us with the gift of righteousness. You can't be perfect. Even though you might have grown up with the church telling you you had to act perfect and be perfect to be approved and to be accepted, it's not true. That's a lie. You're never going to be. It says in Romans, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone. That's why we need Jesus. So we have to be established in this gift of righteousness. And, you know, let your identity come into this place. 
I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In Jesus. Now, the next baptism is verse 16. After being baptized, Jesus went up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of who? God descending as a dove and coming upon him. And behold, a voice out of heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Have you heard those words? This is my beloved daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. I'm suggesting to you that is a baptism of love. Jesus didn't do any ministry until he heard the Father's approval. Jesus could stand in the face of people who were cold and distant, even to the point they wanted to kill him and take his life, and they put him on a cross, and he'd say, Father, forgive them. He could stand in the face of that disapproval and hostility and forgive them because he had this baptism. Baptism means you're immersed in, covered over. Love. He knew he was loved by the Father. The next baptism, the last one, I'm going to read a parallel passage that follows the sequence of events in Jesus' life in Luke 4, 1 through 14. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led about by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And when the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. That's just a little warning for us. He will come back from time to time and visit you. But you can be prepared for him. Last verse, 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of what? The Holy Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the surrounding district. There are three baptisms here I'm suggesting to you. There's a baptism of righteousness, which positions you to receive the baptism of love. The baptism of love, which secures your identity before, to, beforehand to receive power. And the baptism of power gives you the authority over the enemy. That's what happened to Jesus. He had authority over the enemy once he went through these temptations in the wilderness. But before he went through the temptations in the wilderness and faced all this opposition, you know what it's like to face temptation. But where's the power come from? There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that empowers you to resist the enemy's temptations. What, what positions you for this baptism of power? Well, it's the baptism of love. I'm confident. I'm, I'm, I have a certainty. I am loved by my Father in heaven. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I'm loved. What positions you for that baptism? Is this baptism of righteousness? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm suggesting to you that we've had trouble feeling loved by God, knowing we're loved by God, moving into and receiving the love of the Father. We're like the young brother who went away from home and he came back after wild living and did all these wrong things and he's content if he could just be a slave and the father says to him oh no 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 you're not going to be a slave you're my son and he embraces him and he holds him and his love him what kept him from receiving this love or was you know he un 
What put him in this place where he would appeal to be a slave instead of a son? Why didn't he come home and say, I'm here to be your son again? Because he knew he had done so many things wrong. He had so much guilt and he had so much shame. The guilt and the shame kept him from moving into this place of being open to receive love. But I'm suggesting to you today, when we understand that we're righteous in Christ Jesus, that's... That's really what happens at salvation. You've really come into this place of full approval. Look in Jude 24. It says this. It says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, with great joy. Blameless. Oh, but... You don't know what I did. You don't know what I been. You don't know what I thought. You don't know my past. You know. Well, when you're in Christ, all the stuff that would bring shame to you today is wiped away. And when you did that stuff, that wasn't you. That person's gone. Because now you're in Christ Jesus. And Abraham believed God and it was counted on him as he believed. It's not what... See, doing follows believing. So the mystery I'm revealing to you today is the reason you're having trouble feeling loved is that by faith, you've got to come to this acceptance of who you really are in Christ Jesus, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You've got to embrace this gift. You have to receive this gift. So this gift is handed to you. You have to receive this gift. There's a gift to receive. I've tried growing up in the church I've tried to earn that gift by doing right and not wanting to tell people where I've failed after all I'm a good Christian some of you got that Oh, and God forbid that I would ever let anybody know some of the thoughts I've had. Which Jesus said is sin. You can, well, maybe you haven't actually committed adultery, but maybe you looked on a woman with lust and he said, that's, that's sin. He raised the standard of impossibility. For you to earn love or righteousness. Or any of these three baptisms. It's, it's impossible. It's a gift. By faith. It's a gift. When you meet somebody who's cold and distant and removed and doesn't warmly embrace you and love you and they're not forgiving and they're filled with bitterness, they just don't have the love of God in their heart. But we're not going to condemn them. We're going to give it to them. 
<laughs> That's what you're called to. Just give it away. You have a gift. You have a gift. You've received a gift. And now you get to give it away. The great thing is when you give it away, he multiplies it back to you. I've had times when I'm not feeling so loving, you know. My brother sent me a shirt, a t-shirt. I've been tempted to wear it. It says, currently not seeking social interaction. You've been there, right? It's like, I've got something to give you, all right? But I don't think you want it right now. You get in that place and you just don't feel, you know, and then because I'm a pastor, somebody calls me or comes up to me and they've got a problem, they've got a need, and, uh, I ain't feeling it. Sorry about the English language to all you English teachers. I was trying to get this right down at our level. But I'm the pastor, and they're calling me, and they're asking for prayer. So, Lord, what do you want to do? I don't feel like I don't, I'm not into this. I just want to go lay down. So, or don't tell anybody, but I'm going to reveal my secret fantasy. I'm just, just, I'm just going to be so transparent. When I want to get away, I think about the beach. (laughs) I'll be with you in a minute. I'm going to be on the beach. (laughs) That's how I, (laughs) I'm growing. So, when I feel like that, check in with the Father. You've had this happen. You begin to talk to somebody. You begin to share scripture with them. You begin to pray with them. You begin to enter into where they are. You begin to love them. You begin to, you just begin to let the Spirit of God flow through you. And the next thing you know, you start getting happy because you start telling them about when you were in a situation like that and how God delivered you and came along and how faithful He was to you, how good He is to you. And you start giving it away and you start giving it away and you start getting happy. Yeah? You know what I'm talking about. When you've been baptized in righteousness, baptized in love, and baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can move in in this supernatural place that you can't move out of your own strength, out of your own soul, out of your own ability, but by the Spirit of God, you can move into these places and you can give away that which is unseen, that which is eternal, that which will last forever, that is His righteousness, His love, and His power. So, would you just bow your head for a moment? Again, I think the order in Jesus' life is important for us. 
righteousness established is what positions you to receive the baptism of love. And that's why we've been wrestling with receiving this love we've been talking about a lot. It's because we've not really been established in righteousness. And that is Jesus. You'd like to move in power? You'd like to move in miracles? You'd like to see the supernatural? You'd like to see God answer your prayers? You'd like to see prayers answered for other people? Moving in power, resisting the enemy, overcoming temptation, being strong in the Lord in the face of temptation? That, that I'm suggesting to you, can flow freely out of love. Baptism of love. That's right. Somebody said that's grace, and that's exactly what it is, grace. So this morning, this morning, I told you it's a gift. Would you, in this moment, would you just tell him, Father, by faith, I want to receive this gift. By faith. (laughs) I just received something I haven't earned something I can't work for something that you paid for something that you want me to have because you love me this immersion in righteousness and love and power which gives me authority just receive this gift by faith, tell him I'm right now, as we're sitting in this church together, in this church family, your love is flowing. Your spirit is flowing. Faith, faith is here right now for you to receive this gift. This gift. Just just let him know, I receive this gift. Now just know, He's going to take it another level. And he's going, to, he's going to let you give it away. So when you run into an orphan who's cold and distant, you can tell him about this gift. Or you can love them into this gift by the way you treat them. Move an optimist spirit. Just love them back when they're cold and distant. Just love them back. Just love them back. But it's not your love. It's that love you're receiving right now from the Father. It's Him. It's His love. Father, this morning, we have had a great time together in Your presence. It's just been wonderful. We're so thankful, Lord, for these babies that we're able to pray over and bless today. We thank you the kingdom of God is growing in our midst. We thank you the kingdom of God is growing in our hearts. I thank you for everyone who has just now received this gift of righteousness, love, and power. And Lord, I know there's a walking out of this, but we start in this place by recognizing it's a gift. And we receive it. And so I bless each one who has moved that much closer to you in their heart right now. And I seal the work of the Spirit 
And Lord, wherever the enemy would try to steal it, I say no in Jesus' name. And we cover and protect the work of the Spirit. I commend each one here this morning to the Word of God and to the Spirit of God that this week, before we talk about this next week, you will have set us up to receive even more. Even more. To receive more. Thank you, Lord. Would you just thank Him what He's doing? Just thank Him what He's doing in your heart. Tell Him you love Him. Thank Him. He's bringing you into this place where you know you cannot, you will not be condemned. You are not condemned. He's bringing into you this, this place of just freedom. He's also bringing you into this place of you know you're loved. There's no question about it. You are loved no matter what happens. You are loved. He's bringing you into this place of an empowerment by the Spirit of God, moving by the Spirit of God. (laughs) The journey has begun. Amen. Amen. All right. Would you stand?